Hello and welcome to What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. I am Luke Owen. And I'm Dan Layton. How are you, Dan? I'm all right. You've had yeah, a tough yeah. couple of weeks though, haven't you, mate? Yeah, my uh, my Instagram's disappeared yeah, for no we, reason. We talked about it last week, but yeah. there's still no update. No, well, the, the update that I received yesterday was that a, and I'm not, I'm quoting, a team of specialists are investigating the case, which for me, in my head, it's Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote and Columbo just rifling around the Instagram offices and seeing what they can find. Oh, I think we're going to say it's like a, a Jack Ryan thing. Oh, we're different kind of <laughs> specialists in crime, you it's and just, I. The way you said that, it was like Tom Clancy. Had like I go straight into Miss Marple. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, but I don't know. No one has told me what happened or what I did or why it's gone down. I, don't, I can't think of my mum on the phone was like, you do swear a lot on your stories. And I was like, that ain't a problem. What's wrong? <laughs> Which is like, hey mum, I'm having a small crisis because my Instagram has disappeared and it's kind of integral to my job. And she's like, well, we should use this as an opportunity to talk about your language. <laughs> and you're so well behaved. Normally. On, on this show. It's because I've, I've learned the hard way that I have to rein it in. And I never anyway ever put my foot in it. It has no. to be edited out. You know, we edited out. <laughs> we edited around. The, the, there's like on, on the, what is it? What's on after dark? The, the, all the mistakes I've made. I, what happens is I start sentences and then I don't know where they're going and then they, they just end on their own. Yeah, I mean, there was one that we did have to cut out, it which was... I was really gutted about. I texted you about it as well yeah. to tell you that we had to take it out because we even filmed an alternative take we for did. it where we referenced <laughs> the fact that we did an alternate take. <laughs> and it wasn't, it was just so, this is the thing, it was, it sounds worse than it was. Oh, it, it was, was totally just very unintended. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Stevie, uh, going to the comments of last week's videos, said, Can we get a spoiler-filled review of Doctor Strange from you guys too? I'd love to hear your opinion on certain parts. I love a spoiler review. I'm always into that. We should absolutely do that in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I think so as well. Mm. I think by that time the moment's probably passed. Yeah. There are some, like, I think a lot of movie channels and movie podcasts are just like, boom, straight into the spoilers and stuff. And yeah. Whereas, you know, we are good boys. We are, we were always respectful. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Talion Wolf actually appreciates this because he said, I loved this review. My friend's family got hit with COVID this week, so we decided to give it a week before we go just to be safe. Mm. Um, what you've said has made me more excited to see it now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was funny because I watched it back as well and I was like, I should see it again, having seen it twice that day. <laughs> Although Adam Nicholson here says, Luke, in his best Scouts accent, keeps saying it's quite scary. Like, we talk about accents no, that a little isn't bit. Scouse. It's not Scouse. That's, so, my, that's my mank accent. That, that's your mank accent. What, what would you say is? Scary. Well, I suppose, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, so Scouse, so I'm from Warrington, which is in between Manchester and Liverpool. Mm -hmm. When someone which says, you have where, one of the best accents. There it is. When they say, where are you from? Because the only thing that we, we have um, Alice in Wonderland and an Ikea. That's the only things good for my, and Warrington. And myself, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and Kerry Katona. And um, Jesse Lingard, although he's in trouble now, because he, Man United, it's a personal thing. Anyway, um, so the accent that I have is particularly peculiar. The Scouse version of scary is, um, that's quite scary. It's exactly, scary. that's scary. scary. That would be. And I wouldn't go and see her. In fact, it would be quite scary to see all the Doctor Strange in a Scouse accent. My wife, I found a new thing to say that annoys my wife, um, yeah. which I'm always looking for. Um, which is to say chicken in as thick a scouse as possible. Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> oh, you make some chicken oh, over there, are you? Chicken. Love it. I'm going to say Doctor Strange in Scouse the rest of, the rest of my life. Yeah. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. I'm going to go see that new Doctor Strange. Oh, that's scary, though. Yes, that's scary. <laughs> 
Exactly. As opposed to, oh, it's scary. Scary. A bit scary. scary. <laughs> Have you seen the... Um... <laughs> There's a TikTok that I'm obsessed with at the moment. Of a, of, uh... a sentence that has never been said by a man in his 30s. <laughs> <laughs> um, of a, a woman who's sat like... She, she, There's two women talking to each other and she's like so broad mank. It's like Salford, you wouldn't believe. And she's just like, she goes... It's all chip and pin now, and cards. <laughs> I'm obsessed. And I keep walking around my house just saying it. Yeah. Anyway, let's dive into the main show. Again, no spoilers for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness here, because we're good boys. Good boys. Here is the show. Dan, um, we want to talk this week about uh, Avengers 5. Yes. Because Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness Avengers is... 5. Oh, Thank you me. want to do one of those? Yeah. I just, I just I always like, you always have to see if there's an opportunity. And there is. Yes. Yeah, so you replace the S in Avengers That's right. with the number 5. The number 5. But they don't really name them after numbers. They no. haven't done since Iron Man 2. But I can, and you can, and so we shall. Yes. So Avenger from, 5. So Avenger <laughs> Aven 5. Um, we... We've had Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness yes. out now. We're still in no spoiler territory here on this show. Yeah, although I did find someone in the office hasn't seen Spider-Man yet. And I think there is a statute of limitations on spoilers. Well, I think that... And I, you know, we were going to talk about one of the spoilers be from uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. Because Marvel are now releasing it. If they're talking it about it. If they're talking about it and such, absolutely. It's not major. No, but however... But like, it could be. One of our editors was editing one, uh, a podcast that we do. And one of our hosts dropped a big spoiler <gasps> in there and he was mad upset about it. I can and imagine. he was very, very upset about it last night. And he was just like, if someone could have a word <laughs> with them, that'd be great. And was I, it I, you? <laughs> and, and I felt genuinely awful about it when I went to bed. Yeah. I, I hadn't said it and I wasn't like managing that the show. The guilt. Anything, but the guilt of someone like founding. So I don't want to be that guy. No, no one does. So we're still in no spoiler territory okay. here. However, the writer of the movie, Michael Waldron, has been talking a lot, a lot it would seem. He's been doing a lot of interviews about what certain moments from the movie mean. Yeah. And certain... They have chosen chaos a little bit, haven't they? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think they're all now just like, if you haven't seen it on opening day, it's your own fault. Well, did you see what Kevin Feige said? He said something about, he's not really fussed about leaks and things like that because it can almost make the cinema-going experience even better. you got to go There was see something that about the moment in Spider-Man mm -hmm. with where the cinema erupted because they were given what they wanted. Mm. It's like the opposite of uh, Vince McMahon and WWE. He's <laughs> just like, I know what you want, you're not going to get it. not going to get it though. Or the end of, oh, that's, I'm about to spoil something else entirely. <laughs> A whole show. I mean, that finished like five, six years ago, but even so, I'm reigning myself, I'm learning, people. Yeah, you were good. saying. Yeah, so he's been doing a lot of interviews about sort of certain moments within the movie. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting, because it's something that is mentioned in the movie, but it's not like a massive, I suppose it is sort of, the idea of incursions. Yes. Well, incursions is a, is a thing if you've seen What If or even Loki, there's been mentions of what that means and yeah. what it might be. And it's quite a smart little device. Yes. So, I mean, you have seen the film three times now. Why don't you tell us what an incursion is? So an incursion is what happens when two realities collide. And the thing that makes it really smart as a storytelling device for the people who... Are, 
I'm putting my screenwriting degree to use. The thing that makes it good as a storytelling device is that it provides a limitation. Because if you just say multiversal travel and people can be in loads of different multiverses, we as an audience have fewer reasons to be able to be concerned because, oh, we'll just replace that person with someone else and, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't doesn't really matter if they were to, like, be in peril. The peril is, is reduced if you know that you've got a backup. Yes. Whereas an incursion says you have a window where these two realities can collide and any longer than that and the entire universe, both of them might collapse. And I think that the... the, the um, what they're setting up is that I think there's like an eight hour window or something like that. Or that might have been in a comic, but there's a, there's a basically you've got a window. Yeah. And if not both one or both of these realities will just implode entirely. And we do see that in the trailer, uh, what an incursion looks like. One of the things I thought was really interesting about uh, the interviews that Michael Waldron has done mm. is he compares the sort of setting up of incursions in Doctor Strange, as you mentioned, Loki and, and What If and stuff. What If, I ne- never thought that that would become like this massive, yeah. you need to have actually seen this. Because What If comics were just like, these are fun little comic books. Yeah. What if Karen Page hadn't been killed and you just mm. find out sort of what happened? But like these are, now it's become like this, should really watch this, particularly in this multiversal Good world. Good little, like, sort of Wikipedia, you know, when you're on a Wikipedia chain. It's one of those. Yeah. And but what's interesting here is that he kind of compares this to setting up space in Thor. Mm. So, like, in, in yeah. Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and um, uh, Incredible Hulk and things like that, it was just like, these are set on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then Thor is just like, and space, space is exists. And then when it gets to the Avengers, it's like, and now aliens exist. Yeah. And then it's like, and that was then used to kind of set up Thanos mm-hmm. to be like, and now Thanos is going to be our next big bad for the next 10 years or whatever yeah. it is. And he kind of compares it to his. This is the interview he did where he said, I'm going to grab my laptop here. Well, I guess I think it's akin to the way that as soon as the MCU introduced the notion of space and going to space, they teased Thanos almost immediately. There was Thor, then the Avengers with the first movie where they had a threat from the stars, and here comes Thanos. Obviously, there was a big build from there. So I think that maybe I always thought of the multiverse of kind of like, okay, this is space. You know, once upon a time, the MCU left Earth and went to the stars, and now we're going into the multiverse. So yeah, we'll see what happens with these incursions. They're bad news. Hmm. And that has led people to believe that this is going to leads to the next big events of the MCU, whether mm-hmm. it is Avengers 5 or whether, you know. Excuse me? Sorry, Avenger, Avenger, what Avenger 5. It? Avenger 5, do apologize. <laughs> uh, it's, that's, it's not as good as Scraform. It's not snappy, but it's not, you know. Your 5 cream. It, it doesn't, I think 5 is an awkward it number. Is, to it really is. As well, there was a rumor back in November that Marvel were going to set up Secret Wars. Mm. And that's going to be the next big event movie, where that is... Because they haven't announced a new event. And Secret movie. Wars has two fives in it. So... Oh. That's really what it should be. <laughs> uh, marketing team, give me a bell. Right. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting, having gone back and watched a bunch of the um, early Marvel movies, I just got so excited about uh, Multiverse of Madness, and I wanted to... You know, and I, I had, I had uh, some time off, so I thought I would binge a bunch, and I watched... Cap, the first Cap, I watched Thor, I watched Iron Man 3 and all these things, and the first Avengers, because it was the 10 year anniversary. And it's fascinating in that for them to talk about, we, we're doing what we're doing because of him and they point at Thor and it's like, we just realized there was a whole world. So one thing that Marvel have done since the beginning really well is set up things and you know provide a logical explanation for it because it is a massive jump to go from the first Iron Man and your villain is your CEO. Yeah. And you're both on the ground. It's very grounded mm-hmm. to oh, we've got aliens now, we're fighting aliens. That's a lot. So it's very clever to do it on a little grade. And, and then when you think of, if you, if you were to have shown me the first Iron Man and say, 
in a little while, there are going to be multiple realities, loads of different universes, and the big issue is going to be whether two realities collide and it causes an incursion and can either survive. I would have been like, that's very busy. Yeah. So it's very smart to plonk these little things here and there and provide you with a solid, again, storytelling foundation to be able to go there. And I really like the idea of them using this to set up Secret War. Tell me what those are. So Secret War was a, it was actually the original events comic of <gasps> Marvel. So like back in the mid 80s. Pre-Infinity War. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is like sort of 84 through to 85. The idea behind um, Secret War was that Mezco, the toy company, wanted to release toys about Marvel characters. Nice. And uh, Marvel was just like, well, why would all of these comic book characters be in the same place all at once? Well, we'll create a comic book event where they all come into the one place. We love once. a smart tie-in. And it was called Secret War. So they released a toy line about Zero. Better, better, better. Written by a guy named Jim Shooter. Uh, he did an interview when he was at a Comic Con, like a, back in November, mm-hmm. where he had been contacted by Marvel about a novelization of Secret War, and you know, sort of like offering him a contract whether he wants to write it, this and the other. And in that conversation, he said to them, "Does this mean you're doing a movie version of Secret War?" And they replied. I can't tell you that. <laughs> and he replied, you just did. Yeah, I love that when they do this. It's not too dissimilar to Tom Dolan getting in trouble because yeah. there's moments where there was an interview with, um, oh my gosh, what's his name, the writer? Michael Walden. Yes, uh, where he says, um, they, they ask him a question about something that happens in the movie and he says, are we going to see more of this? And he literally replies with, that is way above my pay grade. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> that is like, they've become the classic line yeah. now for people to say, like, that's above my pay grade. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. Which is basically, yeah. Uh, keep talking. So yeah, so this, and it was basically a way for, as a character called the Beyonder, who brought in all these Marvel uh, villains and heroes together, created teams, and then made them do fights. Mm-hmm. So what if we had the idea of our big events movie is going to be the Beyonder brings in two universes together, only one can survive. Yeah. And that's how we're going to have our next big event movie. Yeah. And they've got so much to play with now. They've got so many different properties exactly yeah and as we've seen through Doctor Strange you can just have a lot of fun with that because you can just because it is different multiverses and stuff just make up stuff and just be like and that's a fun little bit of fan service there and as much as the the sophomore album is difficult even though you know this at this point would be the it would be the fifth album the the um there's something freeing about having landed the end game plane so well you know having having really nailed it that then gives you, and provided this nice, tight little bundle, this little present, that gives you freedom to sort of try things. Exactly. And, and you know, go, okay, well, you know, some people might have got off the plane. For everyone else, we're going down this little route. Yeah. I've actually been a little bit, I mean, we'll move on from this in, in, in just a moment, but I, I have been a little bit annoyed with people who have said, like, I'm just not into a Phase 4 as much as I was uh, Endgame. I was like, well, of course you're not into it as much as Endgame. That was tw- 12 years yeah, of storytelling to go to that point. And you're like, well, it's only been happening for six months. So I'm not as much into this one as I was I describe previous. it this way a lot. It's like le- setting out your chess pieces, right? And putting everything in place that you can then go, okay, right, and here's my move, here are my strategies, here's how I'm gonna to get to checkmate. Um, the, the early phases, the early films and the early phases, This for phase four, it's basically phase one. Phase one again. We're right back to the beginning. So it's them setting out the stall saying, here's where we find these characters, here's where the universe is, let's go. Yeah, um, plot things here, plot things here, plot yeah. things here, they'll and pay off in eight years time. That can be really not done very well. That's what the second Fantastic Beast movie was for me, just a lot of putting things on the on the table and it didn't really have a lot of story. There wasn't a lot going on. The mummy. Exactly, so this is each 
chess piece that's being laid out, at least within it, has a really interesting story. It's got a really interesting play on what the multiverse means, what it can be, what this this notion of identity. I think it will cause massive identity crises for an awful lot of the audience. It has to me already. So, um, yeah, I don't have patience for that either. I think it's, you know, see what happens. They're all fun. Have a good time. <laughs> Chill out. couple of big releases to talk about this week. One of them I'm very, very excited about, mm -hmm. and that is Firestarter. Stephen King. Remake of the uh, movie from the 80s, or it might have been the early 90s, actually. But yes, you're right, it's based on the Stephen King story. Yeah. Now, great cast. Mm -hmm. uh, Zac Efron. Yep. Zac Efron, by the way, and this I nearly had this as the lead for this, wants to do a reboot of High School Musical. High School Musical, the musical, the series, the sequel film. Yeah, the reboot. The reboot. Yeah, I, I would love to Two. see. I would love. <laughs> I would adore to see. We need to talk about Firestar, but I would adore to see a yeah. High School Musical film where the original cast are now the teachers. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, write it. Oh, well, I will do. Go right now. <laughs> we were talking about sort of movies that we made when we were at university. Yeah. I did have a script that's called High School Maniacal, and it was a horror, uh, a horror parody of High School Musical. I never made it. Really? Anyway, so Firestarter. So it's a great cast. Yeah. Zac Efron, one of my favorite actors in the world, Kurtwood Smith, like yeah. the greatest villain of all time in um, uh, Clarence Bodica in Robocop. And of course, the dad in that 70s show. And of course, that dad in that 70s show. Uh, but for me, the big appeal here, and the reason I'm so desperate to go and see this, is music by John Carpenter. Yeah, they I mean, go. also, and Cody Carpenter, and he's also amazing, but music by John Carpenter. Yeah. And like, they released you know, the track a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and I was like, <gasps> there's a new track from John Carpenter. I love, 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 love John Carpenter music, and it just fits so beautifully with a movie like this. I mean, Stephen King, th those stories are, are, are not your average horror. You know, it's like there's a reason he's like the Don of that kind of thing, and I'm 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 very intrigued. I'm not really good with um, things that make my brain go. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So uh, we'll see how how long I survive. <laughs> Uh, we've also got Father Stew out this week and a very small release only in 25 cinemas this Friday. There's a wider release for it the following week. Everything, everywhere, all at once, which you I have now seen. have seen it. I went to the unlimited screening we had on uh, Tuesday. I couldn't Tuesday. go! It, it, was a, it was a packed cinema. I went in Leicester Square. Uh, and everyone was having a very good time with this film. It was one, the hype has been so strong at this point because we obviously didn't have it for a while. There was no date announced for the UK. And sometimes when that happens, it means we're not going to get a cinema release at all. So if you have the opportunity to get out and go and see this film in the cinemas, you should, because it's a really exciting and different approach to the multiverse concept. It's not a superhero movie. It's not, it's not attached to any other IP. It's just someone had an idea for a high concept script they wrote it and put it out there. Oh there are some incredible performances Got in this to film. See this there movie. are some really exciting and interesting different visual effects in this film. I'll be so annoyed if I don't get to go. Jamie see Lee this Curtis movie. was an MVP. Oh. If you can get a chance to see, I mean, I know it's a limited release this week and then it's a wider release the week after. Try and plan ahead. Try and yeah. make sure that you find some time to go and see this movie. If not else, you'll be part of the conversation.
Exactly. So, I mean, that's a, that's a recommendation mm -hmm. from you. Editor Terry was telling me earlier that yeah. it's, it's her favourite movie yeah. of the year. Um, Tempest, who we do podcast with, has said it might be one of his favourite movies he's ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's getting that level of oh. hype. And I always want to be a little bit wary with that level yes, of hype. Yes, absolutely. Because you can build it up to be something too big. And then, you know, it's like, it, you it's got a bar that it can't live to. It's totally fine. And yeah. even if it's great, it's like, has it met the bar of the best film I've ever seen? So I enjoyed it very much. For me, it didn't, do for me what the Northman did. Mm -hmm. So that's tempering your expectations a little bit. However, it's great. It's really good. It'll be definitely be in that top 10 contenders for the end of the year. You can also still book tickets for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, available in 4DX, 3D, ScreenX, IMAX, Superscreen, and VIP. And mm. recently, you had the chance to chat with one of its stars. A little sit down with, uh, with Benedict Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme himself. And here, here it is. Have a look. It comes at a good time for you to become the Sorcerer Supreme because it's a very sort of crucial moment in, uh, the, in with the multiverse blowing wide open. As an actor and as a comic book fan, is that a fun sort of narrative to play with? Oh, I mean, it's amazing for me. I mean, yeah, I, I, as you said, you know, I've collected uh, these comics, um, you know, when I was 14, you know, growing up, all the Spider-Man comics, and then to meet Stan Lee, and then obviously <laughs> kind of find myself as an actor and to play the character of Wong. And, you know, it, I, I feel like with WandaVision and, and No Way Home, it's like this kind of crack of parallel realities. All these new characters are all seeping through. and. Everything is always a bit, bit of a constant surprise for me, you know, as I, each time I get the call from the MCU, I kind of sort of pinch myself all the time, you know, but I mean, like, we're kind of, it's quite, a, uh, you know, the, 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 the main crux of the family, like, you know, you know, always have Charles Woods and his kind of amazing um, uh, set designs, I think are always brilliant. And uh, so I'm always kind of uh, taken aback by those. We've also got Downton Abbey, The Lost City, and Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. So, what's your pick of the week? Because I think there's, there's three options here. No, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We have got three jobs, because obviously Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness still is still going. There's everything everywhere all at once, though that is in its smaller release, so maybe that should be saved for next week. But mm. there's also Firestarter, which I'm really excited about. I think my pick for this week is probably Firestarter, because again, it's something different and exciting yeah. that, you know, I haven't, I wouldn't n normally go and, and see, so I'm trying to get myself out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I wouldn't go and see because I'm a scaredy cat. Yeah. Um, and he gets into my head, does Stephen King. Even his writing, he, he wrote a book about the process of writing, and yeah. that haunted me till the day I die. Um, no, I think probably Firestarter for me. Yeah. I, I think I'm also going to say Firestarter mm -hmm. with a little asterisk that's also everything everywhere all at once because you should see the movie as soon as you possibly can. Week, yeah. yeah. And this week's James Bond movie is You Only Live Twice from 1967. 1960s, You Only Live Twice. Mm -hmm. It's one of my actual, I really like You Only Live Twice. It's yeah. really, really good. Tickets are on sale for that wider release of Everything Everywhere All At Once and Jurassic World available in 4DX, 3D, ScreenX, IMAX, Superscreen and VIP. Are you excited for Jurassic World Dominion? Yeah. So I one of the first films back when we got the cinemas back open that I went to see was Jurassic Park in 4DX. <gasps> 
Yeah. Because I was looking for a good time. And sure enough, I was presented with a very good time. A lot of thrashing, a lot mm. of spraying, a yep. lot of all the rest. Particularly with so, like the, uh, the thingy, the, um, oh man, what are they called? The, the, the thingy one. Yeah. Spraying in your face. Yeah, there was an element of that. There was the, there was the, the feet tickles for all the plants and things oh. like that. It's a fun time. And so I probably, there's a, I probably will go and see this movie in 4DX. This is one where I'm like, I want the full dinosaur thrashy experience. I think I want to see Pratt in IMAX. Actually, oh, no, yeah. I want to see Goldblum in IMAX. Yeah, oh, that's true. That moment when they see, you see them all again for the first time on a giant screen, all mm -hmm. shiny, yeah. And speaking of IMAX, oh, we still have got, coming up, in fact, next week, <laughs> the regional premiere of Top Gun Maverick mm. in IMAX. It's available in Ashford, Belfast, Birmingham, Edinburgh, Plymouth, Sheffield, and York. And all of the proceeds of the screening will be donated to the film and TV charity, which offers support to those working behind the scenes in film, TV, and cinema. The uh, first reviews are coming in for Top Gun Maverick and they are very positive. People are very, my mom is very excited about Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know this. We, I was talking to my mom on the phone last night and talking about what was coming. She's just in Downton. She's telling me how excited she is for Top Gun Maverick. And then she dropped like plot details that she was specific. I was like, how have I been <laughs> your son for 32 years? I'm only just learning that you love Top Gun. Yeah. And how have I never seen it? What is this? So there you go. My mum will be there. Aviator's on, oh, leather yeah. jacket, ready to go. <laughs> ready to watch it in IMAX. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, mum, take them off. She's like, it's a bit dark in there. <laughs> that was your fault. Tickets are available for its general release as well, available in 4DX, ScreenX, IMAX, Superscreen, and VIP. We've also got NT Live's performance of Straight Line Crazy on May 26th and Prima, I'm going to say Facey on July 21st, but you, uh, your eyes lit up when you saw it there. Yeah, so that, this is Jodie Comer. This is a play that is currently on in, the, in London's glittering West End and it is getting reviews like I've never seen. People, I mean, Jodie Comer, we're a big fan of, everyone mm -hmm. loves Jodie Comer. She, so my friend went to see it and, and gave me a full DM breakdown afterwards. Apparently she dances through various accents like it's nobody's business. And that, sustaining an accent is one of the hardest things. I'm from Warrington, can you tell? <laughs> I've lived in London for eight years, you couldn't, you wouldn't know. I'm Northern, but um, she dances through Scouse and, and RP and Birmingham and all the rest, like nobody's business. And apparently the performance is so um, consummate, it's so complete. Um, so I'm very excited. I didn't know that was having a, a cinema release. So that's going to be great. And the other actor I think that could do that as well is Keanu Reeves, because that's what he did in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Not, you know, I don't think he did it on purpose. The one with Gary Oldman. Yeah, but yeah. He, just, like, he just dances from accent to accent. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be British the whole time, but it's just like, nope, oh, no, wait, where's the, he off to this time? <laughs> where's, he, where's he going? Geek here said, I saw everything everywhere all at once in IMAX on Wednesday and oh my God, it's now my favorite movie of all time. I loved it so much that I booked to watch it again at the unlimited screening. Oh, wow. I also saw Doctor Strange in IMAX 4DX and ScreenX yesterday and it's unlike anything the MCU has ever given us and I hope we get more like it. That is a person who really likes going to the movies. Oh yeah. And I like that person as a result. 
Um, and lastly, we'll have this one. Brain Dead by Default says, says be careful watching trailers. Randomly shows trailer bits. <laughs> we said specific trailers. We talked yeah. about the TV spots. The regular trailers were fine. I support you seeing the first trailer. Anything more than that, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Terry. How, how dare do, do you? Do you mind? We did ask Terry that we had complete silence in the room. I would rather you pass out. <laughs> Well, it's a good job we were coming to a close here, Dan. Well, I was going to ask you a very quick question mm -hmm. in this final part. Um, the Secret War seems like it's going to open a lot of doors, and I've been asking my friends this question. Which hero do you think I could play? Hmm. Because well, I'm looking I, at well, what we not got cast I said yet. this to you last week. Yeah. You're the perfect human torch. I think I am. I mean, having, said, having said that, though, and I, don't, I mean this in the nicest way possible, I think you're too old to play the human oh, torch. Oh, Tom. <laughs> On. My playing age is at least 27. Yeah, well, I think the Human Torch needs to be lesser than that. I can... Fine. Like, Chris Evans, when he was cast as the Human Torch in, like, 2003, that's almost like, that's the age you want to have the Human Torch at. We can age me down. Or do you want to age you like... The Irishman. We just de-age Yeah, you. easy. Someone... Uh, I, I went out with a girl once, and her friends thought I was 23, and I nearly married her. Mm. It was It was thrilling. Um... That was after I'd had a particularly bad skin week as well. Yeah. So, but I think that we could have you as the Human Torch if we have a Fantastic Four that's been, been around, around for a been while. For a while, so you were the young, brash Johnny Storm. Now you're a slightly older one. I'll include that in my self tape that I'm yeah. going to record tonight, based on no material. We don't have a Ghost Rider currently, oh. so you could be Johnny Blaze. I might. So my friend keeps saying I should be Beast. No, I mean my problem with Beast is. He's always blue and hairy, Not and I wanted blue. to have at least one like shot where I looked good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like, oh, he's hot. <laughs> I want to be in that conversation. Which is why I think the Human Torch is almost because he's always hot. Because you don't want to be, like you know I suggested Ghost Rider there, but the problem with that is that all of your cool action sequences you'll Skull be under face. heavy prosthetics and or you'll just be a CGI thing. Yeah, I don't want that. No, you want to be front and center. I want a moment where I can where we we can be sat at the nine a.m. screening, and mm -hmm. I'll just nudge you and be like. That's me. Yeah. What you want is, like, I really enjoyed Moon Knight. But yeah. there's a moment in that movie which is just, like, through all superhero movies in all time, which is just like, well, we do need to take the mask off of there to show how cool the actor is. Yes! <laughs> like, I'd love a moment where I could pull the mask off. Yeah. Just like, the, the drama of it. It's this huge action sequence. And they were like, probably should do it. That's Oscar Isaac, though, shouldn't we? Yeah. Because we paid for it. Off. Yeah, we paid for it. Might so as well. like, take the mask off. And I saw off. something that was very exciting, and this maybe is the final joke to, because I'm aware that I could keep talking for an hour. Um, Someone said that Marvel realised actors are expensive, so what they've decided to do now is just cast the actors to play opposite themselves. <laughs> That's why they've opened the, the multiverse, so that they can just have Scarlet Witch versus Scarlet Witch. Makes sense now. <laughs> uh, but that is all we've got time for on this week's edition. We will see you in seven days' time. I've been Luke Owen. And I've been Dan Layton. And that's What's On.